Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hello and welcome to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm your host, Paul Garcia, and today it's my pleasure to be speaking with Dr. Weezy Nakwe and Julia Bozarth of the Merciful Hearts Foundation Incorporated, a nonprofit that is doing so much good in rural Nigeria, Africa. What exactly they're doing and why, however, we will find out today. Dr. Weezy and Julia, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> nice and in sync there. That was great. But yes, my pleasure. So tell the listeners, whoever would like to go first, what exactly in detail does the Merciful Hearts Foundation do? We provide health care services to poor pregnant women, sick infants and children. And uh, we pay for pre and postnatal care and all the health complications uh, including cesarean session for those that need it. So everything that involves pregnancy and sick children, we provide. And uh, after the first two years of our program, we found out that the children that are being delivered by our clients are dying. So the board members decided to continue to sponsor the children from birth to five years. Mm. So that added to part of the uh, program that we are providing. I see. And now you, you, most of your efforts are in rural Nigeria, Africa. Yes. Why there exactly? Are they particularly in need? Is that a special place to you? Yes. I am originally from Nigeria. I've been in the U.S. for about 47 years. And uh, after my... Uh, degree and my work, we decided we go home every year, um, sometimes in two years or three years or four years, depending on the funding that we have. And uh, when I, one year we went home and we found out that there is a, a lot of women dying due to childbirth. And one example is uh, Susanna. She uh, was a relative, and typically when you go home from U.S., people think you have money, so they come and ask for money. Mm. So one evening she came with her daughter, who was about maybe seven, eight years old, and she asked for money. So we gave her some money, which was not much. The shocking thing was the next day we found out that she died, giving birth. Mm. So that's how we started noticing that Women are dying of childbirth, but it's to the point where people are not alarmed. They just say, oh, she died of giving birth. So we decided that um, maybe when we go home, we can help one or two women, which was not very often. And when you're helping one or two women, typically it will be like relatives. But God had a different um, idea. That's how we started this program. Wow. So in America, you know, it's virtually unheard of that any woman dies during childbirth. Maybe mm -hmm. it's one in some many, many thousands. Mm -hmm. Yes. But you said it's relatively common, all things considered, in Nigeria. In rural area and uh, worse now. It was mm. terrifying. Mm -hmm. When Weezy first told me about it, the rate was seriously Almost 90%. You're kidding me. 90% of women it, giving birth? I believe, I don't want to be incorrect, yes. I believe it was like 87%. Mm -hmm. And but more children 
died. Mm -hmm. Now, not in our village that we're working with Mm -hmm. since then. Mm-hmm. But yes, the the, the odds, the mm-hmm. statistics are still throughout the entire country. Yes. The leading cause of death for women and children mm-hmm. is not guerrilla warfare. It's mm-hmm. childbirth. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, it's, it's horrific. That is a tough pill to swallow, something that's difficult to really grasp. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Julia, how did you, what is your role in this organization? And, and maybe why did you come to it in the first place i have had the honor of being friends with wheezy for over 25 years and we met singing in the choir and one time i found her in church alone and it looked of course like she was in prayer and i asked her if she needed me and she told me that god had told her that she was to start merciful hearts at that time she didn't have a name And we sat there and we prayed and I told her whatever she needed that I would be honored to help. So I honestly have done nothing at all. Oh, no, she Except, seriously, I mean, literally, at that time, we were so living paycheck by paycheck. However, it takes nothing. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous what $500 can do for a child from the time they are born, one kid, from the time they were born until they're five years old. So it it took nothing. I mean, like, I don't think I was even able to give her $500 the first year. And what, what we just started doing, my husband and I just, as student loans got paid off, things like this, we've always given a little bit more It's never been a burden, and it's still not enough. And we intend to continue until the day we die. Every two weeks, because I get a check. And it's it's not. It is not much. (laughs) Please don't embarrass me. It's not at all. Friendship you do have is awesome. But it's oh my god. I mean, like when you genuinely, and I do mean oh my god. I didn't mean that irreverently. When you think about the opportunity, we don't have those odds at all anymore. Right now, the odds in the village are as it's good, if not see. better, than the U.S., correct? Mm-hmm. Which correct. is what? So it went from that near 90% mortality. So it's reducing to about 70%. Mm-hmm. So from mm-hmm. that level down to about 70%. Mm-hmm. And um, since um, COVID, things have uh, become more difficult because funding again mm-hmm. has reduced and then poverty increased tremendously in in Nigeria. Nigeria is the poorest country in the world next to India. Wow. And and our percentages are the country itself is or is significantly mm-hmm. skewing Mm-hmm. You know, because the women that we are able to help, the children that mm-hmm. we are able to help are actually thriving. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you agree? Oh, yes. I mean, I mean, I so that's where I, yes. I would say, you know, that's where the odds are so yes. magnificent is yes. that in the women specifically yes. that Wheezy and her family mm-hmm. and the board and mm-hmm. Merciful Hearts and her entire setup mm-hmm. in that village has gone from this mm-hmm. 
while the rest of the country is still suffering, but of course mm-hmm. now her success rate within mm-hmm. this has lifted and changed and to go from 87 to 70 is pretty mm-hmm. impressive for an entire country. Mm-hmm. But if we stick with the village that mm-hmm. we are most focused on, and I know mm-hmm. it's not just the village, it's mm-hmm. around it's, there. Yeah, it's around there. Yeah, yes. but that area is completely off the chart as far as success. Wouldn't you agree? One funny thing is they call their children merciful heart baby. When they see me, they say, here is merciful heart baby, and you can see the difference. Hmm. Now, you said that $500 can go very far oh, yeah. mm-hmm. in the life of a child from zero to five. Mm-hmm. Well, it can go very far just yes. in childbirth. <laughs> yes. Yes, and- childbirth pre and postnatal, all the complications, five hundred dollars take care of that. Takes care to, of. Take it compared to US. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, thousands, I have no idea. Is thousands, it thousands? Thousands of dollars. I know it's mm-hmm. it can really put a dent in your bank account. Oh yes. <laughs> oh I'm I'm thinking that childbirth, a natural childbirth right mm-hmm. now is about five thousand in a hospital. Is okay. that for one for about I'm guesstimating I don't know. at about twenty four hour stay, you know, 24 would be about $5,000. Wow. So these are women who are getting, you know, and they're so high risk. Very high risk. And they're They suffer from malaria. They suffer from diarrhea, vomiting, malnutrition. Mm -hmm. So most of them are just in a situation that requires immediate uh, medical care. For example, last year, here we go every year. Last year there was a woman rose that was pregnant, and what we do we do an outreach where we enroll. Uh, they come in and we don't enroll everybody because we don't have the fund to do that. But we enroll those who we consider as high risk. So she came in. She was pregnant about five or six months. She's been walking around with the dead baby. She didn't know. <coughs> so. After examination, they found out that she, her baby died weeks and she didn't know. So they had to induce her pregnancy and then deliver the baby. She would have died because she would have gotten infected. Of really? course. Right. Ne- yes. The, ba- the baby was necrotic already. Yes. And so you can't, you just cannot carry anything dead within your own body. Mm-mm. The other thing that a lot of people read about is frightening, and that is the genital mutilation of women in Africa. And so that leads to severe complications and death Please in tell childbirth. me more about this. I've heard it. You don't know what's fact and what's fiction and mm-hmm. what's exaggerated, but I certainly have heard the term genital mutilation mm-hmm. plenty. Well, women are circumcised um, at, at infancy, maybe eight days after birth, they're circumcised. So sometimes it goes really bad. There was one situation where the woman had to go through surgery in order to give birth because she had closure. So it's it's common, Hmm. Um, especially in rural areas. Now, this is radio, of course, and Mm -hmm. I wish I knew more about exactly what you're talking about. And I hope I don't ask you to say something that you feel uncomfortable saying, but maybe... What is the reason behind the genital mutilation? And if you wouldn't mind, could you tell me in whatever way you think is appropriate, what exactly is that? Because I don't know what that means for a woman to be It's a cultural thing where the skin okay. for is removed. I see. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. And what is there any particular reason behind that? It's just cultural. 
Interesting. Yeah. I see. Okay. Well, before we go to break here, I want to ask about a rather large thing in this whole operation. It's how do you make that dollar stretch? You said $500 (laughs) can do a whole lot of good. (laughs) What do you do with that money? Do you utilize the money yourself or do you put that off on someone else and they decide how to use it? And what are the most important things to buy Mm -hmm. and provide for the mothers and their families first? Mm -hmm. So what we do is we first, when we established it in Nigeria, we we established a bank account for Merciful Heart only. So the funds that are donated are sent directly to that fund and then we contract with the hospital that provides all the medical services and they, we pay as we go. As they provide the services, we pay them. We don't pay them ahead of time. We pay them after they have provided the services. And uh, we pay our own expenses, 100% of our transportation, feeding, housing, we pay. Because we do not have enough fund to cover the need. For example, 156 women showed up last year. We only sponsored 30 out of that. So the need is more than the fund that we have um, to provide these services. The demand exceeds the supply. Exactly. So what did you do? With, so you're paying out of your own pocket, you're saying, yes, for a lot of this? For, for transportation. And all the expenses. Yeah. She does 100%, not. 100% of the money yes. that's donated is used for this cause. Truly. All. Every penny. Really? Yes. So you're not getting a check in any way, shape, or form from this organization? <laughs> No. <laughs> well, no. God, God gives me the check. Right. The check he gives me is when I go, I um, Peoria Diocese, I like to thank Peoria Diocese, Springfield Diocese, and Joliet and Archdiocese. Um, they, we, we apply for them to invite us to provide um, missionary appeal is called. And Peoria Diocese, I am forever indebted because the very first money we used to start the program was through missionary appeal. Mm. So when I go to these churches, there are so beautiful churches here in the diocese and all the diocese, all these old churches. That's a blessing to me to, to be there. That's the check I get. I see. I see. <laughs> yes. So what do you buy for these women, though, when you are finally in Nigeria, mm-hmm. what exactly are you getting for them? Is it food? Is it shelter? Is it water? So when we go, as I said earlier, the medical, the hospitals take care of all their needs. So the, when we do outreach, we provide supplements, and sometimes we provide food for the children, the um, minority children. Other than that, everything is packaged in such a way that the hospital takes care of every bit of things Mm. that they need, all the medical needs. However, she's paying for the hospital. So it's, you know, when they're they're asking where the money goes, the money Mm -hmm. goes to the birth specifically. Mm -hmm. Additionally, when this first began, there was no transportation to any sort of medical. So, you know, She's providing, with Merciful Hearts, transportation to the doctors who have 
already after birth. They get paid through merciful hearts. Mm -hmm. So all of that. So they're not just getting food and nutrition. Mm -hmm. They're getting the transportation to the doctors. And what I was impressed with was Wheezy set it up originally. If a woman was given the money, she would give it to her family. Mm -hmm. And and that was the culture, and the mm-hmm. woman was not taken care of. With this, the woman has no choice, so to speak, except to allow herself to be taken care of, mm-hmm. which is definitely not cultural. Right. And one important point I need to follow up with that is the value of the women is dependent on the number of children that they have, preferably male children. So the burden of pregnancy is on them. So, for example, if your value is something, you will do everything to get that because you'll be respected by that value that the society is asking you to have. So these women, no matter what, no matter there's no food, no medical care, nothing, they want to have children. And it's looked down upon or ashamed to have a cesarean section. So think about how many women would die Die. in childbirth in the U.S. Mm -hmm. if no one wanted to have a C-section. Nobody wants a Mm C-section. But if the doctor's like, we can't do that, and so they just suffer an agonizing death, Mm -hmm. and so does the baby. Wow. Very interesting. And you... You grew up in Nigeria, mm-hmm. and I'm curious, I'm going to ask you here in a little bit, how long were you over there, if you didn't already mention this and I just missed it, at what age did you come to the United States? And then I want to ask you both about uh, more about why you decided to do this and what's the most rewarding aspect of it, and maybe some stories as well, some mm-hmm. success stories. And we'll get to all that in just one second, but first... Here are a few words from our beloved sponsors. We'll be right back. You're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg Thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of Thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to Thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, may the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. You can hear me, right? Now imagine all the other people listening to this radio station. They can hear me too. If you own a business and want to let clients and customers know about your products and services, Catholic Spirit Radio is a great way to get your business name heard throughout Central and Northern Illinois. Catholic Spirit Radio has reasonably priced radio packages. Find out more. 309-807-2427 or email office at catholicspiritradio.com 
Catholic Spirit Radio is here for you 24 hours a day. And just by tuning in, we help you learn about the beauty of the Catholic faith. If you're listening today and liking what you hear about the truths and traditions of the Catholic faith, maybe this is the time that you take a bold step. Whether you desire to become a Catholic, wish to return to the Catholic faith, or simply want to know more about the faith, find out how to take the first step by inquiring at any of the local Catholic churches, asking a Catholic friend, or contacting Catholic Spirit Radio. God's welcoming and loving arms found in the Catholic faith are waiting for you. Three Kings Gifts has sacramental and seasonal gifts, religious medals, rosaries, and more on the College Avenue Epiphany Church campus in Normal. Three Kings Gifts is open 10 to 3.30 on Thursday and Friday, 8 to 1 on Sunday. Profits help charitable organizations. Hello and welcome back to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm Paul Garcia and today I'm talking to Julia Bozarth and Dr. Weezy Nakwe of the Merciful Hearts Foundation. Now I'm very curious about why you two decided to go into this and I know you met at Epiphany a couple decades ago and this is when the conversation first began but you look at the both of you, you're two professional women, Julia you have a mental health practice and Dr. Wiesenakwa, you were a longtime professor at Illinois State University of Nutrition, and you just recently retired in 2020, but you're busy women, presumably. Why and how did you make this time for the Merciful Hearts Foundation? Well, when God wants you to do something, he makes the time for you. So I want to tell a little story about how it started, according to your question. Is like um, when we found out what was going on, like I said earlier, we said we'll help one or two women. So when God decided that we should help more women, and I was reluctant about that. So I didn't want to do it that way. I want to do it my way. But he sent three people three different times to encourage me to do this. So, you know, when when you have issue, you're asking your dad for something and he's not budging, you go to your mom. <laughs> so I went to a holy mother and I told her, I really don't want to do this. And I gave her the, exam- the reasons. And what I got was silence. So, mother has spoken. <laughs> That's when... Julie and some professors at ISU, my family, we started to um, register for the organization and do the 5013C3 program, which is a complicated issue and that took a long time to get done. And then one day I was, well before that, I was at daily mass, and I was before the, this uh, epiphany was remodeled, and um, Father Eric was like looking at me, and said, "Bloom where you're planted." I'm like, "That does it." Mm. <laughs> that was one of the motivation. So in his homily, he said, his, um, "He said one more time, bloom where you're planted." planted. Yes. And it and, felt like he was looking right and at he's you, like talking he's looking right at to me you. and talking to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is one of the examples of how the Lord was encouraging to start this program. Mm-hmm. And once we got approved, 
and um, we went home for the first time. We didn't have much money, so we did minimum. Uh, but I had to establish it back there with the priests helped us and the parish priest helped us in establishing which hospital to go to and all that stuff. But then I don't know what to do. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So God, this is your program. Hmm. <laughs> you do it. And he is doing it. I'm not doing more. I'm surprised I'm here today. Wow. <laughs> so that's how he has been doing it. And when you say yes to God, he opens the door. It's really kind of puzzling and, and ridiculous sometimes. And Julie you know? is here. Imagine, she dropped everything she's doing today and she's here. Wow. To talk about Merciful Heart Foundation. So as far as being a professor at ISU, you just chalk it up to God makes you have the time. Exactly. Interesting. Yes. I just do whatever it is I need to do, speak to whomever I need to speak, and the missionary appeal it's called Missionary Co-Plan Appeal uh, with the diocese, um, but it's not very often. It's once in a while I get assigned to a church or two mm. um, to talk about Merciful Heart, and the priests are fantastic. You know, all the priests that we've been to, the, the churches, I just, that's a blessing. That's the check I get. Mm. I feel like choking up when Aww. I talk about it. That's beautiful. That yes. is beautiful. It's so yeah. obvious the two of you, your hearts are in this. Yes. And I love it. And the people even listen on the radio, they can't even see it, but they can certainly hear <laughs> that same passion that I'm experiencing now. Wow. And Julie, for you though, was it a similar story? You had the mental health practice. I don't know for how long you've had this, but was it a difficult transition to designate so much of your time to the Merciful Hearts Foundation? Well, first, I have not had to invest much time. I've invested support and love and prayer and a little bit of money. But one of the things that nobody else may know about Wheezy is that she has written the most often used textbook on nutrition in the country. I saw this on Amazon. In graduate actually. school. I mean, uh-huh. in at the universities. And so part of my attraction to Wheezy, with all due respect, was a little less spiritual and a little bit more like, good job. I mean, like he knew who he was picking. Somebody, these people are starving. I want to know, to say that She's killing two birds with one stone is a dramatic understatement. This woman is capable of killing 53. (laughs) I mean, and so the efficiency and the use of the money and, and for that regard, even her respect and use of our time, she, she, anybody who becomes part of this, she acts like, you know, everybody who's done anything has just been marvelous. And to her, that's very true. It's Wheezy. It's, she's doing the whole thing. And I, like I said, I've seen her just work and work and work. And it's humbling to me. But yes, whenever, I guess perhaps because of the fact that I had some complications and received my last rites twice during my first pregnancy, I have a soft spot for the fact that here in the U.S., where I was with high-risk specialists, you know, I my daughter was baptized on the delivery room table, and thank God, she's almost 40 years old now. But the point being, that's in the U.S. You know what? I wouldn't have even gotten the chance to deliver, let alone live, 
in Nigeria and so on at that personal note. And then secondly, I just saw her in prayer while she was in her, oh, I don't want to do this stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I, I was very excited. And that's how I can tell when, for want of another phrase, we're walking with God is, you know, we all we all manifest things in different ways. And and with me, God is is um, my peace. But God's also my joy. God mm-hmm. is definitely laughter. And I've often said that if he doesn't have a good sense of humor, I'm going to hell. But, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's so exciting. And every year we just get these pictures of our ladies. And I put them up and keep them up on my bulletin board in my kitchen. Um and it, I just love working with her. And I just think that, you know, I only do things I love with my time now that I'm as old as I am. And I love this. So it's amazing how much time you have. So have you been to Nigeria? No. As a matter of fact, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Weezy wanted me to go. And I said, you really think that this pukey white Irish Amazon is just going to blend in? Irish Amazon. <laughs> and, and I'm like, Weezy, I like walk around even in the winter with a sunblock of 72 on my face. What am I going to do when I'm that close to the equator? Uh-huh. And she told me nobody'd notice. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I would love to go sometime with you. Yeah, see. Fantastic. <laughs> the cultural differences between the United States and Nigeria, the more this conversation goes on, they seem pretty pronounced. It seems like two very different places. Is that fair to say? Exactly. Imagine having, having children is what your value is about. Imagine that. In U.S. here, I know some... I, actually, there was one time I... I was in college and met someone and they said they're not going to have children. I was in shock. <laughs> like, can you do that? Welcome. Yeah, welcome to like, the United can States. You, can you really Holy do God. that? Huh. You know, so the, that freedom to have that is, is something that people take for granted here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So freedom. The, is there punishment for not having children? In- just that you're not valued I alone. See. Is psychologically, is, is, uh, is impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and what happens is the man, the husband, will marry another woman. Really? Yes, right in front of her. Wow! <laughs> so wow. those kind of practice makes you. The women would do anything to to have children. Now, what age did you come to the United States, and why? I don't know, but I tell everybody I'm only sixteen. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I I've been in U.S. for about forty seven years. 47 years. Yeah, and I went to undergraduate here and graduate school here. So uh-huh. that's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> hey. Other than that, I'm 16 years old. Okay, okay. Yeah, can I ask this? Did you, do you remember your childhood in Nigeria? Oh, yes. I grew up in Nigeria and I came here as an adult. I already had three children before I came to U.S. to study. So I I I I know the I know the culture very very well. Wow! Growing up in that village, what was that village like? I mean, for someone who really doesn't know doesn't know what Nigeria really looks like, is it uh, is it buildings like we see around us and everything? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So what happens is your your location in short your area is you are surrounded by relatives. 
like your great grandparents, your you know cousins, everybody builds around the same area. So you know who your relatives are. And people are more cooperative in being a community. Mm. For example, as a kid, if you go to school and do something wrong, the, the, you will be punished in school. Then the relatives who knew about what you did will punish you before your parents even get to punish you. <laughs> your relatives will punish you? Oh, yeah. Is that allowed? And your parents are okay with that? Oh, yeah. It's, it, you know, when they say it takes a village, uh-huh. that's what it means. Wow. It's like everybody is in charge of any kid. And um, there's this community kind of living that you have on, let's say, a widow needs roof repaired, the men in the area will get together and fix the roof. Wow. Very tight-knit, family-oriented community that helps one another. Yes. And that is really gradually disappearing right now because of Western culture. Mm -hmm. Because people have traveled out and come in, and that is gradually changing. Right. What can you tell me a success story that sticks out in your mind from one of the women that you've helped? Several. So I'll just tell you the one that just happened. Like this, maybe October. They we enrolled the, the women in October, and I told you about the one that had the dead baby, mm-hmm. and then there was another woman that her water broke and started leaking. And she's walking around with the water that's broke until she was enrolled. And they found out that her water broke and the level of water in the womb is decreased. That if they don't do a C-section, the baby will die. It ends up being twins, twin babies. So that's the latest. There are many, many others. You know, like we would, uh, there was one year that three women, they were bleeding. Walking around with bleeding. Hmm. You know, and the, the doctors would say she dropped. I'm like, what is drop? That's when they explained to me drop means the, the woman is has been bleeding. So they were sent to the hospital immediately. There are many, many cases. Some that have malaria and then they have to be treated immediately. And these women, they don't see any doctor at all. And if we don't provide this medical care, nobody would. How do you make a lasting change, do you think? Because I would assume that your goal would be to one day just, they don't need you anymore because their hospitals are running so efficiently and effectively and people have insurance or something like it. (laughs) There's nothing like insurance. (laughs) Uh There's nothing like insurance. As long as that value of women's life is there, it is continuous. It's a lifetime thing. That's why I involved my friends and my family in case I'm not here, they will continue. <laughs> I see. Well, we, what we've talked about in kind of a roundabout way a little bit, we've touched on it here and there. You two are devout Catholics. That is very evident. Wheezy, you said that you go to daily mass and you went just today. Mm-hmm. How important is your faith to you both? And has that had an impact on what you're doing with this organization? For over 15 years now, Fridays at noon have been Eucharistic adoration. And 
then six years ago, it was interrupted because my I kept my grandchildren since they were born, and they were born six years ago. So when it interferes with nap time, Papa goes. Mm. And to tell you the truth, that and our charismatic prayer, we all have our own thing, of course, Mass. But those two things are what helped me stay grounded in all of my mental health work. I used to work with uh, court-ordered clients. And so on Thursday nights, I would walk into the church. And at that time, it was not Father Eric. It was, you know, earlier. And I would just walk. I've always, as long as I could know, remember, I remember it going back to three and four years old, walked into the empty church where I could feel all the prayers and I would sit there in the dark and hand God everything that was on my mind and then I got to walk out and be Julie and I've continued to do that and to be quite honest I accept everybody exactly where they are but I'm not really sure how how people find peace when they don't have God you know I I'm not going to force anything on anyone and I feel very strongly about that but I can only tell you that I, I couldn't do what I do, and I wouldn't be in love with the same guy that I fell in love with in 1975 if it weren't all of God's blessings. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you owe a lot of the peace and the joy that you have to, well, your faith. Mm-hmm. Adoration seems to be a wonderful outlet, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. I see. Do you mind me asking? What do you mean? Uh, how do you, do your faith had something to do with you meeting your husband? Then? Um, we were so different. And basically the two of us are kindred spirits. And he, I think that the word that I would say would be, I can be a handful and I can honestly see that my husband is quite devoted and he's a great big guy and he's a kind of a guy's guy uh-huh. you know what I'm saying and it's just like I just laugh and we, <laughs> we both like every once in a while I'm like yo God did you check this out I mean like mm-hmm. we just have these conversations <laughs> making fun of each other mm-hmm. and that's how we do it wow somehow your faith brought you two together though mm-hmm. okay <laughs> wow okay and Wheezy I want to ask you the same questions uh, what does your faith mean to you how important is it how does it help you and what's it even have to do with this organization? But I'll do all that in just one minute, but we'll be right back after these short messages from our beloved sponsors. You're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Three Kings Gifts has sacramental and seasonal gifts, religious medals, rosaries, and more on the College Avenue Epiphany Church campus in Normal. Three Kings Gifts is open 10 to 3.30 on Thursday and Friday, 8 to 1 on Sunday. Profits help charitable organizations. Did you know that Catholic Spirit Radio can help you with estate planning and end-of-life decisions? We can provide guidance in setting up wills and trust, making IRA distributions, naming insurance beneficiaries, and donating assets. We also can assist you with health care directives and financial power of attorney. If you want to build a legacy through Catholic Spirit Radio, download our major and plan gift guide on catholicspiritradio.com under the Donate tab or call 309-807-2420. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg Thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of Thy Spirit, 
and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to Thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou Thyself maintain them in holiness. O Divine and Great High Priest, may the power of Thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. You can hear me, right? Now imagine all the other people listening to this radio station. They can hear me too. If you own a business and want to let clients and customers know about your products and services, Catholic Spirit Radio is a great way to get your business name heard throughout Central and Northern Illinois. Catholic Spirit Radio has reasonably priced radio packages. Find out more. 309-807-2427 or email office at catholicspiritradio.com. Catholic Spirit Radio is here for you 24 hours a day. And just by tuning in, we help you learn about the beauty of the Catholic faith. If you're listening today and liking what you hear about the truths and traditions of the Catholic faith, maybe this is the time that you take a bold step. Whether you desire to become a Catholic, wish to return to the Catholic faith, or simply want to know more about the faith, find out how to take the first step by inquiring at any of the local Catholic churches, asking a Catholic friend, or contacting Catholic Spirit Radio. God's welcoming and loving arms found in the Catholic faith are waiting for you. Hello and welcome back to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. I am talking to Dr. Wiesinakwe and Julia Bozarth of the Merciful Hearts Foundation. Guys, the conversation has been great so far. Dr. Weezy, I want to ask you just a little bit about your faith. I know you're very devoted to your Catholic faith. You go to Mass daily. Maybe tell us where this faith came from, if you wouldn't mind, and just how important is it to you? came from my parents. They instilled the idea of loving God and knowing God is important. And also cultural thing. In the, the, uh, I grew up in the village, and everybody... Um, maybe 95, 96% of the population are Catholic till today. Hmm. So growing up in that environment, environment instilled the importance of faith. And then going through life and continue, and sometimes, you know, when you're so busy, you're not um, practicing like going to daily mass. But then I, um, st- when I started the Charismatic Renewal Group, really motivated me to go to daily mass. Mm-hmm. And combining the charismatic uh, prayer meeting with daily mass and other uh, activities that I do in the church made my faith grow. And I learned a lot about myself and about God through charismatic renewal group. What is the charismatic renewal group? Charismatic renewal group is when you open yourself to the Holy Spirit. You know, when I say that God spoke to me in different forms, I could only get that message because of that group. Because in the group, we first we sing, praise God, and then we reflect on the Bible 
and then we pray for everybody, including those that are in there and those that are outside. Uh, needs people t call us and tell us what they need, and then we have a time to reflect. And when we reflect, is when you can really get like Bible verses that we read or uh, what word that was heard through. And most of the time, you surprise us to sometimes we are bashful about not saying what we are feeling, and then when we say it and somebody confirms it, mm -hmm. that straightens your faith. And many people have come through our charismatic group, including Deacon Ann was one of the members before she moved. Deacon uh, Mark Carey was attending before he became a deacon, and once in a while he would attend. So many, there are many people I see at Epiphany that have attended the charismatic group, but now they are probably busy. But now we are on Zoom, so you can Zoom mm -hmm. in, you can come in from anywhere. And uh, This Christmas I spent it in Maryland, but I was able to be at the meeting here in normal with everybody else. I so it's, it's a very in short, you can hear the Spirit speak to you. You learn, in short, you learn how by just being in the group. That's how I, I grew and my faith, just the charismatic renewal group strengthened my faith more. It expanded and I'm, I, I found out that I'm still learning. Hmm. <laughs> in addition to being in the charismatic renewal group and attending daily mass, you're also in the Legion of, you're a member of the Legion of Mary. Mm -hmm. We meet every Tuesday at six o'clock at Epiphany. Okay. What does say the Legion of Mary do? We say the rosary. Oh, <laughs> then wait, do you meet in the chapel by chance? Yes. Aha, uh -huh. I've walked I, in on that yes, a few times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's wonderful. Yes. And you're an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, mm -hmm. and you were in the choir. Mm -hmm. Man, you do it all. You do it all. Uh, it's must a be blessing. Glad to have you. It's That's a blessing right. for that opportunity. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you two, as we're getting towards the end of this conversation, I want to ask a few wrap-up questions uh, that are rather important. Maybe they're too big a questions, really, but what is your ultimate goal with all of this, with the Merciful Hearts Foundation? What would be your euphoria for this organization? The we did it, we don't have to do anything more, we finally got it done. Stop women from dying due to childbirth. And I forgot to mention that in Nigeria now we have Islamic extremists that are killing Christians, including priests. This past Christmas they killed about 38 people in the church. And this group, when they are displaced, we get some of them in our program. So it's just people in need. We're there to help people in need. And hopefully there'll be no need for, for this service. Hmm. We pray. But um, if we can keep at least one woman from dying due to childbirth, I think we have achieved something. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do you think, Julia, that you'll ever go to Nigeria? I'm a little chicken, so we'll see. Uh -huh. <laughs> I guess it might take a miracle uh -huh. or divine intervention. Sure, but, yeah. which is entirely possible. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to say no, but I'm going to say I'm going to have to have some seriously. That's uh -huh. a long plane ride. <laughs> Nothing is impossible for God. That's right. That's right. And, <laughs> and with her, I'd have to agree. <laughs> uh -huh. 
And while we're talking about Nigeria, though, that's very interesting. You said Islamic extremists are a real problem in that area. Yes. I just mm-hmm. saw a movie the other day. I didn't know. I was like, this was Nigeria, right? It's like, you haven't mentioned anything about the Islamic extremists. Mm-hmm. There's a movie called, I think it was The Good Lie. I don't know if you've ever heard about it. No. But it really depicted the scene uh, pretty pretty harshly, and I wasn't sure if it was accurate. Yes. But yes, there's, there's tribes of these cousins and uh, these Nigerian families, very large families, mm-hmm. and they would just get ran out by these people who would come in, and in the movie, they burned their, their huts and stuff, yeah. but you said there's buildings and everything mm-hmm. in Nigeria rather mm-hmm. than just huts, but yeah, uh, yeah and it was, it was really crazy, and these kids were left without their families, mm-hmm. and they had to go hundreds of miles, just yeah. walk hundreds of miles to the nearest refugee camp, mm-hmm. and then only decades later would they be allowed to mm-hmm. or admitted into the United States. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it was really incredible, mm-hmm. and my dad told me that that's still going on. It's happening today. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. In today. today's world, that is happening. Yes. And when you go to Nigeria, is that a concern? Um, one of the reasons I give God that I don't want to do this. That's really? one of the reasons yeah. I'm afraid to go. I, that makes Honestly. perfect sense. But each time I've gone here has protected my family and I. Have you talked to people who whose families have been affected by that? Those that we have sought. Is it some virtually all? Oh, okay, some, some of them. Some of them, yeah, not all of them. But everyone's, you know, when they are displaced, they move from their area and come back. Like people go away to find source of income. So many people go up to the north where this is more predominant. And then when they take their property, everything, no shelter. So they will come back to the village where they were born to regroup. And most of the time, some of the women are pregnant. And they find themselves in a program. Mm. So not we can't take care of all of them, but every once in a while we get women that have been displaced because of this Islamic uh, extremist. And from which countries are they coming, those Islamic extremists? But nobody knows. They just Some people show. think it's from, they are Nigerians, some people think they are coming from the, um, from the northern part of Nigeria. They are border with Niger, and if you go further, you get, um, like, Saudi Arabia is not too far. Mm-hmm from that area of uh, Nigeria, the northern part of Nigeria. And what do they do when they come into town and uh, they, whatever? What? Yeah, what do they do? Their mission is, they say they don't want Western education. They don't want people to get educated. So they, like, they go to churches and bomb the church and kill people. They don't want Christians. They want everybody to be an Islam, an Islamic um, religion, but not all Islams are like that. Right. It's just right. radical. We don't know who is motivating them and how. Wow. So, it seems like there are a lot of trials for the women and everybody yes. in Nigeria. Yes. A lot and of trials. We need prayers. They need prayers. They need great organizations yeah. like your two's organization. Yeah. Right now, they're going to have election. Uh, in February, and there is a Christian, a Catholic running, and he's very popular right now. But we pray that he, if he wins, that will make a difference. But mm. the um, Muslim 
presidents have been the ones ruling for over 40 something years now. So we're praying to God that this person is Catholic, that he will win. And I think he will try and bring the country together, maybe help with the insecurity that is happening in Nigeria. Wow. A lot on your plate, a lot on Nigeria's plate, that's <laughs> yes, for sure. Yes. What a country. Goodness gracious. I know. There are people that need your help. They need our prayers more yes. than anything. Yes. Speaking of that, how can people help the Merciful Hearts Foundation? We have a website where um, they can go to the website and donate. Uh, it's called mercifulheart.org. And um, through PayPal, we have. Um, of organized that and we have a lot of pictures year by year the people that we have helped pictures are on that website they can it's a really nice website and it shows some stories that we tell that happened during our programs it is a very nice website i was looking at it of course oh, before did? this before this interview yes and before we wrap this thing up, is there anything that you two would like to say to our listeners? I would like to quote Mother Teresa. Please. And Mother Teresa said, I am divine. You are the branches. I can do things you cannot. You can do things I cannot. Together, we can do great things. So no matter how small the amount is, $10 can go a lot of way to help a sick child that has malaria or vomiting or they have kinds of problem infections that they have. So every little bit helps. It doesn't have to be a, lo- a large amount of money. And the board members, I would like to talk to board members. They are the major contributor of the money that we use. And then the Peoria Diocese and all the diocese. We, we have such... Catholics are real good people. I just have to say that. <laughs> I second that. I'm, <laughs> when I meet them, I just feel at home. <laughs> and I, sometimes I tear up because Aww. they don't know me. They don't know anybody, but they open their hearts. It's, it's very humbling. We're all part of the same body that is the church, that is Christ. Yes. It makes sense. It's yes. a universal church. Yes. The only one of its kind around yes. the world, all part of the same thing. Yes. Thank you both so much for your time today. Julia Bozarth, Dr. Weezy Nakwe, you're truly doing great, great work, and it's an honor to be talking to you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Of course, my pleasure, and thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm your host, Paul Garcia, and until next time, God bless and have a great week. You've been listening to Catholic Conversations. Download our podcasts at catholicspiritradio.com.